Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Oi, 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 lads. What a game. What a game between Cork and Limerick up at the Gaelic grounds. Limerick have won by a single point. Uh, Cork are out. What a game. What a game. It means Limerick now going to play, to, to play Clare in the Munster final. Uh, Cork losing 3.25 to 130. It's a game that had everything. Cork are out. Out of the championship. That is the main takeaway from the game. It was brilliant. It's what the Munster Hurling Championship was all about. Uh, Tipperary have qualified. They lost out to Waterford and Thurles. We'll get you updates and reports on all that. Also on the show, we are going to get reaction from Corks whenever Kerry in the Munster Ladies Football Final. We're going to talk to Moss Finn about a great win from Munster last night. And more. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Corks Red FM. Still haven't got my breath back from that epic game up in the Gaelic Crowns in Limerick. Cork losing by a single point. Aidan Leahy was there for us and sent us in this full-time report. If I can press play. Full-time at the Gaelic Crowns and Limerick have won 3.25 to Cork's one goal and 30 points, meaning that Cork are out of the championship for 2023. The big moment of the game, a penalty for Limerick, won by Aaron Galland versus Sean O'Donoghue, and slotted home by Dermot Burns on 43 minutes. The first half saw momentum shift back and forth. Cork went into a two-point lead early on thanks to Decky Dalton from a free and Tim O'Mahony with a settler from play. Aaron Galan got Limerick's first score after five minutes. They hit four wides before that. Cork found themselves 7-5 down after 13 minutes but went on to score six in a row in the next five minutes. Dalton and Patrick Horgan from frees. Luke Mead, James Harnady and Darren Fitzgibbon who had two from open play in that period. On 22 minutes, Aaron Glan got a high ball in, laid it off to Shamey Flanagan, and he found the net for Limerick. Eight minutes later, the Treaty County had another green flag. Cahill O'Neill capitalising on a Niall O'Leary mistake before sending it past Patrick Collins. Cork managed to steady the ship before half-time. Seamus Harnady got a point from play, and Patrick Horgan converted two frees, leaving at Limerick 2-12, Cork 18 points. But the second half, Limerick showed their dominance and it was the Limerick of olds. They started to dominate Cork, particularly between the 45 and 65 in their own half. The Cork puck out began to really falter and Limerick would pull away at one stage into a seven-point lead. But Cork kept on going and did manage to eventually find a goal thanks to Patrick Horgan. And they rallied back to within a point but Limerick just kept on finding an answer. Aaron Galan was able to put the ball over the bar, as was Dermot Burns and Graham Mulcahy. Patrick Horgan did all he could. He scored three frees toward the end, but Limerick edge out one-point winners and go through possibly into a Munster final, depending on the results in Thurles. It's finished at the Gaelic grounds. Limerick 3.25, Cork 1.30. Incredible stuff. Look, that's all there is to it. It's absolutely incredible stuff. So, yeah, 325 to 130 was how it finished. That means that Limerick advanced to play Clare in the Munster Senior Hurling final uh, two weeks from today. Um, Cork are out of the championship. Tipperary have beaten Waterford and Thurles today, 124 to 21 points. Galway and Kilkenny. Uh, we'll go head to head in the Leinster Senior Hurling Final Wexford have survived 
in the Leinster Hurling Championship. Galway came from 10 points down at half time to get a draw against Dublin. Galway 125, Dublin 222. Wexford winning by two points against Kilkenny. In an absolute thriller, let's hear from Sinead Kyoho, who is in Wexford Park. Wexford 423, Kilkenny 518. It's all over here in Wexford with Wexford beating Kilkenny by two points. Wexford led by just a single point at the break and managed to sustain their momentum in the second half. A goal on the 39th minute by Lee Mogg McGovern put Wexford ahead by four. The St. Anne's man hit the net for a second time just three minutes later, extending the lead to seven. Kilkenny were quick to mount a comeback though, and with only three minutes left on the board, only a single point separated the sides, thanks to scores from Owen Cody, Tom Phelan and TJ Reid. Kilkenny won't feel too hard done by though. They march on to a Leinster final meeting with Galway on June 11th. Meanwhile, Wexford will remain in the Leinster Championship next year, having saved themselves from relegation from the Joe McDonough Cup. Full time here in Wexford. Wexford 4.23, Kilkenny 5.80. Yeah, what a game of hurling that was. Westmead have been relegated to the Joe McDonough Cup. Uh, they lost 4.24 to 1.19 to Antrim in Mullingar. And the All-Ireland Football Championship around Robin Croke Park. It ended all square between Dublin and Roscommon. Dublin won 11. Uh, Ross Common, 14 points. Tony Smith with the late free there for the Connacht side. Corrocks ladies are the Munster champions. They have beaten Kerry today in Mallow. We'll get reaction on that game very, very shortly indeed. Let's hear from Joe McCarthy who's watching that game. Joe McCarthy for Corrocks FM's Big Red Bench Board Live from Mallow where Cork have defeated Kerry in today's TG Car Munster LGFA Senior Football Championship final on a convincing scoreline of 5.14 to 2.17. A blistering first-half performance from Cork where they led 4.10 to 0.7. Saw the Rebels see out the second half despite a spirited Kerry comeback. In the end, Louise Murray-Hertig missed two penalties, one wide and one save by Maeve O'Sullivan. But this is Cork's day. Fantastic all-around team performance to secure a Munster final and claiming that title now sees Cork go forward to the All-Ireland LGFA Series group phase where they'll face Galway and Tipperary. Yeah, we'll hear from the Cork and Kerry camps very, very shortly indeed there. But congratulations to Cork on a great win today. Sounded like an absolute cracker up in Mallow. Uh, let's look at things as how things stand in the Premier League at the moment. Last games of the season taking place today. And uh, as things stand at the moment uh, in the relegation battle, which is where all the interest is today. It is going to be Leicester City and Leeds United who get relegated. Everton are a goal up on Bournemouth. Leicester are 2-0 up on West Ham. Leeds meanwhile losing 3-1 to Tottenham. But Everton are a goal up on Bournemouth. Let's hear from Shane Pennington. It's Everton 1, Bournemouth 0. A massive goal in the relegation dogfight at the bottom. And it's come courtesy of Abdu Dakore. A ball into the area, headed out to the edge of the box by the Bournemouth defence. And Dakore on the half volley has smashed it into the right-hand bottom corner of the net. Mark Travis no chance whatsoever it could be the goal that keeps Everton up it's Everton 1 Bournemouth nil. Yeah, nervy scenes there at Goodison Park though uh, still 15 minutes ago there thereabouts. Uh, we'll keep you updated on all the games. The scores Arsenal 4, Wolves nil, Aston Villa 2, Brighton 1, Brentford nil, Man City nil, Chelsea 1, Newcastle 1, it's Crystal Palace 1, Nottingham Forest 1, Everton 1, Bournemouth nil as we just heard. Leeds United trailing Tottenham by 3 goals to 1, Leicester City 2 nil up on West Ham. Manchester United leading Fulham by 2 goals to 1. And what about this? Uh, it's Southampton 4 Liverpool 4 Southampton War 4-2 up Liverpool have gotten two goals back 
in the last uh, couple of minutes uh, to uh, to, to equalise their Cueving Kelleher starting goal uh, for the Reds today uh, on the last day of the Premier League season. But well, we'll keep you updated on those and especially how things are going to go in the battle for relegation at the bottom. Uh, Leona Maguire won up through six holes against Ayake Faru in their Bank of Hope LPGA match play semi-final in Las Vegas. Max Verstappen winning the Monaco Grand Prix today to extend his World Drivers Championship lead to 39 points. And uh, in the Giro d'Italia uh, it was fantastic uh, all weeks uh, from Eddie Dunbar. He's finished seventh at the uh, Jewelers House, just a mention of the Cork man, the Bantier native. Uh, finishing in seventh, he was uh, seven and a half minutes behind the uh, winner, Primoz Roglic, uh, but incredible stuff from Eddie Dunbar all week long. Now, as I mentioned, we are going to get reaction from the uh, Cork camp and uh, the Limerick camp uh, in just uh, a bit. In fact, we'll just get a Cork audio. Um, well, we'll get Cork audio in a bit as soon as we get it uh, from Aidan Lee we're going to talk to Aidan in a bit as well but let's start up in Mallow as uh, Cork beat Kerry 5-14 to 2 there as we heard from Jer McCarthy a four goal first half blitz for Cork saw them retain their title today two green flags from Louis Coppinger goals from uh, Kerry Cork Kerry O'Sullivan uh, saw Cork into a commanding lead at half time and a brilliant fight back by Kerry in the second half but Cork just hanging on we'll hear from uh, Kerry manager Declan Quibley here from Cork boss Shane O'Neill but first this is Cork's Dirren and Kira Sullivan talking to the hardest working man in the business Mr. Jim McCarthy I'm here with Kira and Dirren O'Sullivan following Cork's Munster LGFA final victory over Kerry Kira first to you blistering first half performance putting up 4-10 on a team like Kerry I mean was that was that the product of all the training that's going in over the last couple of weeks um, I'd like to say it was and I suppose Shane would like us to think it is as well but to be fair we did really go after a high press and, and push up on their kick out and I think we reaped the rewards of that you know we got a few turnovers and I think to be fair we did work on goal scoring I think we knew we'd left a few behind us after Watford and we didn't follow up for tappings and I thought to be fair to the forwards were hugely unselfish like Katie Orla Libby everyone it didn't matter who scored once Cork scored and I thought that was really um, it showed um, with the score we put up in the first half your sister is pointing at herself there so I'd better turn to her quickly just the 11 points Darren can I put it to you that's that's the best I've seen you play in a long time and probably free of injury and you were ready for it today and you delivered yeah look it's exciting Munster final um, day so we'd worked very hard and I was fierce nervous before the game and then I was just thinking to myself do you know what we've the hard work done um, let's just go out and try and enjoy it and we definitely enjoyed it there for 30 minutes anyway um, had a rocky third quarter and got going again rallied again in the last 15 um, we've a lot of work done and I think we just had to back ourselves today the boost you get going to an All-Ireland Championship obviously is, is, is huge you now from such a performance but there are tougher tests and tougher days ahead but this is something to build on Absolutely I think I was fierce excited after the Waterford game um, I thought we showed glimpses of what we could do and I think the girls were very confident coming in here today but as you said it is only a stepping stone um, we won the Munster final last year and if you were to say was last year a successful year for us no would probably be the answer so look we don't want to stop here um, we want to keep going and get one step further this year Give the final word to you Kerr. it's been a very very good performance it's been a good couple of weeks for Cork that 10 point comeback over Kerry this performance today but won't come for much if you don't deliver in the first group match now Exactly that's it um, I suppose it is nice going into that unbeaten in championship so far with a few wins and a draw and you know that kind of can become a habit so we'll be trying to build on that we do have loads to work on as Darren said we had a very um, 
questionable third quarter there so that's something we're going to have to focus on but we'll be you know studying now for the next for a group game I think we've Galway and Tipperary as far as I know so we'll have to do our homework on them let management do that we'll put in the hard work and hopefully um, drive on now for the rest of the year Before all that homework hopefully a bit of rest and relaxation we'll leave it at that but yeah. listen well done to both of you congrats Thanks very Thanks much, very much. Thank, Thank you That's sure talking to Darren and Kira O'Sullivan and uh, yeah great one for Cork today uh, great fight back by Kerry in the second half but it is uh, the Rebels who win today we will come back we will have more audio uh, from that Cork and uh, Kerry game in just a bit we'll hear from both managers let's go to uh, to uh, the Gellegrounds I beg your pardon and we'll get some reaction now from Pat Ryan Cork boss speaking after the narrow defeat to Limerick that saw them out of the championship uh, this is Pat speaking to the Assembly media afterwards look unfortunately look that's the way it goes we've been very look well, say very unlucky there was a couple of look, maybe we've been working forward when we'd have won a couple of games but you know I suppose the one one draw one lose two by two points you go to group all the things so look, that's the competitiveness of the most the championship so look disappointing for us but the, the third quarter Limerick just got a bit of a run and built up a seven point lead and now he nearly wiped it out again but it was probably crucial and they did like, but look, look, look that's, that's Limerick clicked so I mean yeah. after being four all Ireland's in five years like, they, they get a bit of a head of steam in you that's the way games go and they got a couple of scores and look I think we, you know, we probably coughed up a couple of balls like, you know, a couple of blind passes and you know, stuff that we've been working on where you, you know, take the ball out of contact then don't pass the ball blind and don't pass the ball standing still and we have three of those three points like that away there that were killers in that period yeah can you take encouragement though from the performance as a whole no no really Dennis no no no, no, no really. look look Jesus look what we came up to win you yeah. know, in the championship to know a good opportunity to beat the, the All-Ireland champions and move on ourselves to know and um, look, look that's the way look, we expect to, look the lads expect to perform like that every day they ex- look the mini the cock jersey that's the expectation the way you should play but look we were expected to win and we didn't win and that's this point Were you, di- were you disappointed at half time Pat you know you, you, you really had more than the Lions share the first half to win level yeah, look, sure, look, look you're up against the All-Ireland champions do you know what I mean look you, you have to keep fighting and fighting and fighting and that's look, they, look would they be disappointed with the two goals you gave away definitely you know they were probably two mistakes really more than anything but look they're very good players inside and you know they create a lot of space the way they play out around the middle and you know you would just have to trust your lads inside and, and we did and you know but there were two mistakes that we gave away I think, I think, I think actually to be honest there were two balls that we hit into into, um, into the keeper's hands more than anything and they worked the ball out and look with Limerick we spoke about you've hit the ball there you know they're just the small margins look they're, they're a long time on the road and look they're a fantastic team we wish them best of luck as they go forward and I suppose you really were punished today like sometimes you make mistakes and you kind of get away with them you didn't really get away with much did you? No, no, but look, I think we've punished a lot of their mistakes as well, you know, so, look, but um, look, that's the type of, type of team they are, do you know what I mean, they're a fantastic team, and, you know, if you make mistakes, they're going to punish you, and look, that's 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 top class in county holding, you know, it's, it's mistakes, turnovers, that, that, that change games, and look, I think we were well ahead in the turnover count in the first half, I don't know what it was like in the second half, I thought we gave a couple of unforced turnovers, which killed us, you know? Limerick really got a chokehold as well on, on your own puck out in the second half too and like yeah, I suppose it was always well documented before the game that half back lane and they really did kind of clean out the, the puck out in the second half. Yeah they did look to win a lot of the puck outs in the second half but look I look I thought look awful as tried manfully and look we got a bit more joy around it then in the, in, in the last kind of bits and pieces and a couple of lads we brought on made a bit of a difference gave us a bit of energy and look a bit unlucky that we didn't um, you know, probably give away the last score when we were point down that went back in and the edge of the square a bit disappointed that we didn't get that out you know we'd only been chasing the game for a point then, you know. Um, I presume you'd have liked to have created more goal chances, Pat. Yeah, but look, look, in fairness, Limerick's it back an awful lot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's the way they do it. Look, we two goal opportunities. Um, 
Yeah. Look, look, fairness to Gordon Lad, destroyed Manfully Pass, we made a couple of good saves on them, but that's the way you have to play against them because, look, you're going to need to push out on top of them and we, we tried it. But look, it's look, disappointing for us and we move forward. I know it's early in the. Uh, it's fairly raw, but how, how do you reflect on the on the year? Disappointment, really, I suppose. Look, to know, look, our job was to get out of the, out of the Munster Championship, look, and get in, and we were looking to, to win an All Ireland, but we knew it was going to be very, very competitive. Look, 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 there's huge disappointment in our things. Look, um, there's no false, we're not interested in false platitudes of trying your best and fellas giving everything. That's the expectation that we have at the lads, and that's, in fairness, look, that's what they've created themselves this year, and that's the way they played. But look, there's no, we don't take any solace in, in hollow, hollow victories from, from close defeats, you know. Yeah, it's a big red bench on Cork's Red FM and that is Pat Ryan speaking to the Assembly Media including our man Aidan Leahy who joins us on the line now. Um, Aidan, um, look, massive disappointment for Cork obviously but the Munster Hurling Championship, it's just, there's something about it. It's just incredible. That game today was an absolute cracker from both sides. Cork didn't get the result they wanted but it was just drama from minute one to minute 74. Absolutely, Rory. Like you know, it is the greatest championship in the world. Like I mean, the the swings momentum today, just back and forth between Cork and Limerick, and unfortunately, it was all it was mainly swinging towards Limerick in the second half. Um, but just you've the result coming in from Torlis then, like as well, which threw threw this game into a different um, kind of sphere too. And all of a sudden, Limerick are into a monster final after being you know nearly dead and gone but you know responsive champions um, you have to give them that what a day here in, in the Gaelic grounds like Ennis was unbelievable last week this was as good if not maybe small but better just because of the maybe you know the the permutations and the the fact that one team was going to be knocked out today it was knockout hurling um, but it's a cruel game like Cork they're out of the Monster it's not even June <laughs> they're, they're out of the championship and uh, like you know, they've lost they've lost two games by a cumulative two points yeah. and they're out it's cruel it's sport it's the way we love it um, just looking back on the game um, it was as you say in the momentum swings throughout that game Nimrick were on top Cork were on top Limerick were on top Cork were on top um, an absolute roller coaster for the 70 minutes um, uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's a hard game so I suppose analyse because it was just head to head pin your collar stuff yeah it was like it's, it's just mental like trying to keep up with it is, is uh, it's a tough old business but I can't complain too much either but um, there's just moments small little moments for Cork small little mistakes that cost them today and uh, like we heard with Pat Ryan you know and another day you get away with them but here in Limerick when you're playing the Ireland champions who are possibly you know they're, they're up backs up against the wall you don't get away with them here and uh, there's one or two in the, in the second half like I mean the puck out the Poco really just fell asunder in kind of the middle of the second half and Cork just couldn't get their hand in the ball. That Limerick half-back line as reliable as ever today and, uh, you know, I think we spoke a lot about before the game. It was the winning of the game in the end. Like, I mean, Dermot Burns, again, long-range scores. It just happened too often where guys popped up free in the middle, yeah. whether it was Dermot Burns, Kyle Hayes got an unbelievable score. In the first half, Tom Morrissey popped up once or twice free in the middle as they got O'Neill. And like they just handy, easy scores for Limerick. Uh, no, I say that they're, they're, it's from the halfway line, but for them, it's nothing. You know, they'd be dropping on the 30 metre line if any of us were trying to hit them. Um, but just handy, easy scores for them. And 
small mistakes. Shanking said a chance in the second half and just missed the pick up. He was gone clean through for a score of some sort, uh, be it a point or a goal. And uh, that's what makes the difference on a day like this. Uh, Cork went down the other end from that. So I think Burns got a score after that. Uh, like, and that just drove it home. <clears throat> how, how, just how harsh this game is, you know, one mistake and that's it. That's exactly what it is. Um, there's a number of performances we, we should probably talk about, but Patrick Horgan, um, there's nothing you can say that hasn't been said already about the Glen Rovers man, but his performance today, um, absolutely incredible. And imagine the discussion now is going to be was that his last ever appearance in a Cork shirt? But just from Hoggy today, just exceptional work rate and just his accuracy from a place ball and his movement off the ball, just something else. Absolutely. He stood up today as, as the leader for Cork and had Cork won this game or gotten the right results, let's say, to get out today, it would have been his finest hour in the Cork jersey. And I know he said superb games, <clears throat> that hat-trick against Kilkenny and, and all that, but if he had managed to pull Cork through this and he was pulling Cork through this even though there was a fine array of scores like I mean I think all, all the six all six forwards had scored for Cork after about 20 minutes but um, Hargan was just unbelievable and uh, the goal he got and just his presence and reliability on the freeze as well because I suppose there's been a few question marks over over the last you know couple of years on, on freeze and you know sublime today and um was was about maybe possibly going to ask Pat Ryan about him in his future, but maybe it's not the right yeah. time to ask about Patrick Horgan now. And uh, it's there's a long summer ahead, and you know Patrick Horgan's going to go back and play his club hurling, and I'm sure he'll take stock at the end of that. That's the thing, though. Such a long summer for these Cork guys. Um, they have their club championship, um, but it's just they're they're going to you know over the next couple of weeks, I suppose, is probably going to when it's going to hit them and uh, not being around each other and all of that um, so yeah it's it's just ludicrous that it's a great championship like and mm. obviously look the split season is the split season but the fact that they're out and it's still not even June it must be so hard to take and particularly now when they're trying to build on for next year right Pat Ryan isn't going to see these guys for ages you know not until is there kind of that window opens around November Um it's a long time without them and you know you're worried that all that work might you know might go backwards or you know might go on on a decline and you might have to start from scratch again but I suppose time will only tell in in, in that uh, aspect yeah we'll see I suppose Um, I just have to ask you about the penalty Aidan um that was awarded to Limerick and proved decisive in the end. A lot of people suggesting that maybe it wasn't the penalty that Galan might have been holding on to Sean O'Donoghue's hurley, but a lot of people online anyway suggesting that uh, it maybe shouldn't have been awarded to Limerick. Um, what was your view of it? What's the kind of feeling around the Gaelic grounds about it? Uh, look, from where I was, I don't see how the referee can't give it, but I, you know, I don't have the benefit of, of a couple of replays to see it where the referee is standing he has to give it uh, and, and maybe the umpires should be able to see a bit closer and give more of an input he blew straight away I was actually on the line with you when he gave it and I think the referee was coming in towards the 45 metre line he put the two hands out um, I think he had to give it but they were at it from the very start um, I don't know who got caught in the first half for holding off the ball uh, ball went in and you know it, it, again was Glenn probably playing him a bit more, most likely um, as any good forward will uh, try and take advantage of the situation the forward's probably always going to get the benefit of the doubt um, I suppose it comes down to if the umpire should have seen it from where the referee was I don't see how he couldn't have given it yeah. because it just it just looks like Sean O'Donoghue has Glenn wrapped up and, and you know that's that's what I could see of it too 
Yeah, exactly. And look, I suppose the referee gets one look at it and like the hurling is the fastest game in the world, so it's a hard game to referee at the best of times. So look, if the referee's on the side, he's not going to see see it, I suppose. But look, that's just nitpicking, I suppose, and it's me clutching a straws and maybe why Limerick shouldn't have won today. It's just, but It's all like to... to, to to sit down at the end of this like and after such a good game and just to sit down and have to resonate with the fact that Cork have come out on the right side of this by the smallest of margin yeah, it's so devastating like and I mean I'm not even a Cork man like but I'm just sticking for a lot of the players like you know have kind of gotten to know like saw Damien Catalan coming in the tunnel afterwards when we were standing there like and you just feel so sorry for him because the effort they've put in Damien Catalan especially what a championship he had like he was unbelievable for Cork um, and you're just you're just gutted from because uh, you know there was one or two mistakes out there yeah but you can't fault any single player out there today because they, they tried their best uh, although Pat Ryan he said that in his interview you know he doesn't really care about that at the moment but they did they did they put it all out there and I think that's what the Cork fans will take away in due time when they look back on it and um it's just, yeah, it, it stops now for so long and it'll have to get back rolling again in, in what, six mm. months' time or whatever from when the when the league comes back next January. It's such a long summer now. Yeah. Uh, so it's up to the footballers now to keep keep the interest going for the people of Cork. It certainly is, and a good result for the footballers, yes. So we heard from uh, John Cleary in yesterday's show. You can get that on the Big Red Bench podcast on redfm.ie or on the Podplay app or from wherever you get your podcasts. Um, I suppose we'll wrap up with this, Aidan. Um, as you mentioned, look, it is going to be a long summer for a lot of these car carders and indeed for Pat Ryan. Um, he'll have a long time to reflect on this Munster Championship. What positives can he take from it? And um, I suppose, what do Cork take into next year? Ah, well, they're, they're way closer to the benchmark, which is Limerick, which we've seen today. You know, they beat them in the league. They came within a point today when Limerick have played their best game they've played all year. Um they drew with Tipperary, who were the other All-Ireland contenders, and they lost by a point to Clare, who were the other All-Ireland contenders. Um, so they're up there. That They've managed to bridge that gap. They're back up to being within touching distance of, of the best in the country. So that's the main aim to take away. And um, if you build on that, you can only get closer and closer, and eventually you're going to pass them out. And, you know, talking to the guys in Live 95 who are next to me, you know, they, there's a... They, people in Limerick know that Cork are on the way and I think most of the Munster know too that eventually Cork will get this right because we've got so many underage teams that are playing so well you can see the players come through like the likes of Eden Toomey today coming on Brian Hayes although probably didn't have the impact he wanted to Project Power had an impact when he came on and you know the likes of Kieran Joyce etc it's still relatively a very young team and Patrick Horgan and Damon Catalan are the two probably oldest uh, in the squad so it's a young squad they are coming they are rising um, <laughs> I think we said this at the start of the year with Tomas McCahey and Sean McGrath you know there's only so much rising you can do eventually you just have to get there yeah. and you have to reach out and, and take the opportunity and, and and get out of Munster which is the first <laughs> the first thing you got to do before you can do anything else yeah the summer is over for Cork on the 28th of May unfortunately but a cracking game against Limerick Joe McCarthy has just texted in wondering if you're going to be taking the Kerry Senior Hurling Manager job for 2024 <laughs> uh, well I well, I don't know from what I've heard I, there won't be a uh, change at the moment in the Kerry City Learning Manager job but uh, I suppose after the year they've had maybe there will be a change there um, not sure if I'd be in the, the lineup for that but uh, uh, yeah I, I don't know uh, I don't think uh, I don't think many people would be it's not exactly the biggest sought after job like but uh, no one would have done like you're not sure. denying it 
Hvad siger du, Ronald Claus? Too many doors, sorry. You know what I mean? You can't say no. It's business. Alright, let's end Lee here at the Gallagher Grounds. Thanks, Ed. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, in there, possibly the next Kerry senior hurling manager because he's being very, very cryptic about it. <laughs> Indeed. Um, we will have uh, more reaction. Hopefully, we'll hear from the Limerick camp in a little uh, bit later on. Uh, go back to the Cork ladies game. They won a fantastic win for Cork today and a great game against Kerry. Cork 5-15, Kerry 2-17. Uh, let's hear now from uh, Cork boss Shane Ronane speaking to Ger. Shane Ronane, uh, congratulations. A Munster Senior Football Championship title. Richly deserved. Fantastic all-round performance. Best you've played this year, maybe in the last couple, of, uh, the last two years? Well, certainly the first half, Joe. We were, it was outstanding stuff to forward play and the defensive, I suppose, knows to keep carry to a limited score. We're delighted with that. We, we know we, we changed formation today uh, when with something different uh, to kind of, I suppose, disrupt Kerry. But it, we felt it worked very well against Waterford, so we said we'd go with it. Look, there was a few ropey moments in the second half, but, like, you know, I think... I'd be very annoyed but the first five minutes second half I thought there was very questionable decisions given against us I was like the referee was reffing the scoreboard and well if I get in trouble for that I don't really mind because they said that, they clearly said at half time they were going to talk to the referee so we'd be very disappointed with that and a couple of little things went against us but look I thought we finished it very strong and we weren't going to we weren't going to you know be in trouble because we looked players came off uh, you know the players of command came, came, did a huge job very warm day but like I just saw some of our forward play there in the first half it was unbelievable that's kind of like the freest and the best I've seen Darren play in a long time free of injury and she really warmed to the occasion today pardon the pun absolutely look she's playing off instinct the last couple of games um, you know she probably you know she's so honest about it, her game sure she was very worried about her game you know they're, they're in the Kerry game the first day but like she's been outstanding for the last few weeks she didn't miss a shot of training on Friday night and I, she can't she maybe kick one wide today like you know an unbelievable display um, you know but I think the inside forward line work so hard they've, they're great movement the three of them they're very clever footballers and our half forward line then were just you know they were able to run at them and open up Kerry and I just think look everything we've, we've been working on for the last while came to fruition today um, I suppose we were coming in today as underdogs we probably didn't feel that ourselves but I suppose look that's the reality but Kerry have been the top, one of the top teams in the country for the last you know they won the league so you know we, we were probably rightly underdogs but in our own camp we didn't think we were underdogs and we know ourselves that we can be better than what we were today I think you know for we need the more complete performance. We're still looking for that, sure. Um, but I think it was very hard to keep going for full sixty today at the pace and things we were doing. It, you know, I think we played unbelievable football. And look, we're delighted. Look, there's a brilliant bunch there. Um, they're they're very 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 happy. They're very committed. They've put in incredible work there since the league finished. We've had eight or nine very very hard weeks. You know, four games in five weeks as well. Tough going. So look, we'll give them a bit of a breather now. For you know, maybe give them a few days off there. And look, we'll enjoy tonight. We might enjoy tomorrow as well. And um, Look, we, 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 look we, we move on. We're into group stage, so Kerry. I have a feeling we might meet him again later on in the year. Congratulations. We'll talk again. Thanks very much, John. The big red bench on Cork. So I found that Joe uh, McCarthy in conversation with Shane Ronane. Uh, just waiting for the full-time whistle to go at Goodison Park there in the 10th minute of 10 added on. Um, their goal up in Bournemouth. As things stand, that would be enough to keep them up two points above Leicester, who are currently uh, who are in 18th place, unless Bournemouth get a late equaliser. Everton will stay up and they will avoid relegation. We'll get your full-time result or report on that one in just a sec. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We'll talk rugby with Moss Finn. And we're going to talk to uh, Blackrock Hurling Club's uh, Mick O'Leary as well, who's cycling from Church Road to Derry to raise funds for the club's underage sections. We'll talk about that in a sec. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. 
miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. There's a pitch invasion at Goodison Park. They have stayed up. They've avoided relegation after that 1-0 win over Bournemouth at uh, Goodison Park. Uh, fantastic scenes there uh, from Goodison. But Leicester City go down. Leeds United go down. Southampton uh, go down after all of today's games. Um, well, Southampton were already relegated. But yeah, Leicester City and Leeds United joining them. And Everton staying up by the skin of their teeth. All right, we are going to talk rugby. Now we're going to look back on an historic night for Munster last night. That superb win um, last night in the United Rugby Championship final down in South Africa. There's only one man I want to talk to after a game like that, and that is the Munster legend that is Mr. Mosfin. Right, for more on that thrilling win for Munster last night uh, in South Africa, joined by our good friend uh, Mr. Mosfin to, to talk us through it. Moss, I would imagine you're a very, very happy man today after last night's game. Delighted, Rory. I didn't think we'd end up with any silverware at the end of the season. There was a particular period there during the year when we were leaking tries, scores, everything, penalties, playing very, very badly, and Roundtree's future in Munster was becoming untenable. And for some reason, it all turned around. It galvanised on the road there a couple of months ago when they went out to South Africa for the first time. They seemed to galvanise on that trip and had a fantastic run. And it's absolutely wonderful. And more importantly, the, the likes of Omani, Murray, Archer and Earl, say, the, the four all-stagers, it is wonderful that they have now won a trophy in the, in the Munster Colours because they had nothing up to now. And if you told us this was going to happen two or three months ago, I, I, I wouldn't have agreed with you. And I, I just don't know where it came from, but it came and it is very, very welcome and it was absolutely enthralling. Yeah, if you told us this was going to happen two weeks ago before Munster played Leinster, you wouldn't have thought it, let alone two or three uh, months ago. It's an incredible turnaround in fortunes. As you mentioned, I think we talked about this um, last week as well, Moss, is that that um, trip to South Africa where they beat the Stormers and got a draw as well, um, it seemed like a mini training camp and as you mentioned, just galvanised this team and they came back from South Africa a completely different unit. A completely different unit, and unit is the word. I mean, they they play for each other. They they play together. They play as a unit, as you say. And like the ex, the, the 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 expression of a unit is way more than a than than a crowd that are kind of divorced a bit. But it's 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 extraordinary. And a lot of players hit form at the same time. I mean, this fellow Maliki Fekato in the centre there. He, he was very average before Christmas. I think he wasn't very fit, like, but you saw how valuable he was yesterday there with these quick, uh, with these defensive tackles, offensively rather than defensively, where he was knocking the ball out of South Africans' hands as he was hitting them. I mean, that comes from a ferocious level of commitment and his level of fitness. So I, I'm just very disappointed he's going next year because he he was a revelation in the second half of the season, Fekito. And... So it's like Shane Daly and Calvin Nash, who were fairly much journeyman pros up to about six months ago, have have become wonderful players under Roundtree. And there must be there must be great credit given to Roundtree. And like you know, he brought in Leamy and Mike Prendergast, and these players have improved under this new system. It has taken time, but it's happened, and. We're seeing players who are totally different in the second half of the season. It is a joy to behold. I get the impression that Roundtree is a very good man-manager and the players like playing for him and, most importantly, play for him. Without a doubt, he's, he, he comes from the Andy, the Andy Farrell school of teaching, it would appear. He's a very grounded individual. He's up from the north of England, the same as 
um, Farrell is. He seems to be a very grounded man and he's not that terribly comfortable in front of the cameras. You couldn't even see that, but he, he just seems to be, you know, what you see is what you get. Like, and players react to that and, and play well on that because they're being dealt a, a fair deal all the time. He he seems to be a good guy now. If you asked me two months ago, Bob, I thought I just said, "Well, we got to get rid of him because we're going from bad to worse." Like, but yeah. these things take time to bed in. But uh, as you say, be, when you're a good man manager, it can take time to come to fruition. But boy, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Especially even considering the start of the season, they lost five games out of seven to start. When you're thinking, have once to made a massive mistake here. Yeah, because I I thought at the time that Rongti, we we know like that he you know he he played prop for Leicester. England and the Lions, like, I mean, he knows front row play, he knows scrummaging big time. Um, I thought maybe he was just a forwards coach and he couldn't take the number ones, like you've, certain number twos can never make a number one. And I was saying, well, this guy had it as a pack, as a, a, a forwards coach, but he can't deliver as the number one. But I'd have been wrong saying that six months ago. They've given him time, they've been very patient with him, and he is now appears to be an outstanding number one. And I think what this will do as well, Rory, is that the it's it's good for Irish rugby going forward to the World Cup that now we have a second province that have won a trophy in 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 the last couple of years, and I think it'll be a great pick me up after the demise of Leinster last week. Certainly will be. Um, we were talking about some performances there that stuck out. I thought Jack Crowley yesterday, Moss, was just absolutely superb. Helped Munster run the show, didn't give up, and just worked his socks off for every single minute. <laughs> Didn't give up seems to be the motto of this team, like because they could have given up a couple of months ago, no problem, when they were leaking 130 points in four or five matches. This Jack Crowley, I've seen him a bit now. I saw him in school playing for Bandon Grammar, and I've seen him play for Cockcon in at 15 and at 10 and at 12. He seems to have a great way about him, you know. Um, he's cool under pressure. Um, some of the kicks he had yesterday out of hand initially weren't great. Like he, he's not as long a kicker as Ben Healy. He's not as long a kicker as Ross Bourne. But to my mind, I think he he will now become number two to Sexton because he's more dynamic. And as you say, he's unfazed by pressure, even though he has a little bit to learn about the kicking game. Perhaps his kicking is a little shorter than Sexton and shorter than Ross Bourne. But he's a dynamic player. His passing is absolutely wonderful. In, in, in attack and he's a cool man and if we could just even stop him from going into the rocks too much he might be in a position to be the pivotal player more often you know so he has a little to learn but he has it in, in my opinion he has it um, Stormers coach John Dobson afterwards he was very complimentary towards Munster in fairness to him said they were brilliant however he did make a comment about the pitch and he said that it was terrible it stopped them from playing their best rugby and it probably suited Munster more, and I think that's probably maybe we'd probably agree with that, or maybe Munster certainly adapted to the conditions a little bit better than the Stormers did. Well, yeah, we, we up up to you know in Ireland we get a little bit a lot more rain than they do in South Africa, so we're used to playing on heavy surfaces. But I mean, the pitch is their own fault. Apparently, they had some huge festival on that pitch a few a couple of months ago, and it hasn't recovered. Like, but it's the the Munster front row has improved. Like, and. I'd say, like, it was the it was the South African front row that won the World Cup. We were playing yesterday, with the exception of the hooker. But the like scrummaging should have suited them yesterday, and we scrummaging wasn't our forte for the season. Having said that, um, the Dermot Barron and Jeremy Lockman, they stood up yesterday and scrummaged extremely well. But it, it was obvious if 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 you have a bad pitch. 
the bad pitch doesn't take the long studs and you can't go for the second heave in the scrum. So it probably helped us that the pitch wasn't great yesterday. I, I would agree with the South African guy in, in that instance. Like, But having said that, you have to adjust to conditions. Munster adjusted well and they scrummaged well and the, the scrum wasn't a factor at all, which was very important. Um, it's Munster's first trophy in 12 years, Moss. As you mentioned, some of the older brigade, it's uh, a fantastic way for them probably to see off the, the end of their Munster careers and uh, a fitting reward, I suppose, for the effort they've put in in a red shirt over the last number of years. Without a doubt. I mean, O'Mani and Murray, like, I mean, they're well decorated and all that. Archer in there is possibly less so. Stephen Archer has had a metamorphosis over the last mm. six months. He's playing a long time for Munster. Like, he's going back to the 12 years nearly. Himself, Murray, Archer and Errols. And, and I... He's, he's been a revelation at Tighthead. That was the South African front row that won the World Cup. And he, he, he was fantastic. He's carrying ball. He's their go-to man as, as the first carrier off the rocks and malls. And he's had a fantastic season. Um, Omani, you know, what more superlatives can you say about him? He's a leader. He's, he's a fantastic player. He gets his jersey among the opposition all the time. And, and Conor Murray is, is, is timeless. I mean, he's been a lion mm. three or four times. And the other thing that I was delighted with there, Errols came on. He made a great contribution and he virtually made a try-saving tackle which nearly won the match at the end, you know. So it was great to see him back from a situation where he was challenged by having a growing strength there about a month ago. He said two great games in the Red Monster and he has a trophy. Mm. It is great for him, particularly from a guy born next door to Tom and Park. Yeah, exactly, yeah. What does this trophy now do for this Monster team as a core, as a whole and how can they, I suppose, leverage this and, and use that momentum going into next season? Well, I think... It, it makes us, it puts us in the market again. I mean, like in latter years there, there's a lot of South Africans. They're all going to France and all that. And the, 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 like Munster now will be seen as, as an attractive place to go, that you might get a trophy if you go there. I think it's a good ad- advertisement for us to attract bigger and better players. And and like because there's this perception like that Ireland is just is just Leinster. That has changed slightly. This will change the whole dynamic and that, that Ireland is not just Leinster. Because if if you remember, it was we started the the European thing in the, in the noughties, and I think this this will help. I think this is a great ad for the for the for this province, and will attract bigger players, better players, and we can go from strength to strength. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic to see Munster win the URC title. Just before I wrap up, uh, Moss, we need to talk, I suppose, about Ronan O'Gara and La Rochelle last weekend and an incredible victory for them over Leinster and Ronan O'Gara's stock, which was already sky high, has just gone into the stratosphere. No, it's been um, it's been a roller coaster ride for him. I mean, he, he's he's a phenomenon. Like, I mean, when you saw the determination on his face inside in the dugout last week or in in, in the press box where he was watching the match from, um, his determination is incredible, and it obviously filtered through to the team. And he is a League of Nations of, of players. Like, mm. they're from all over the world: South Africa, France, um, New Zealand, Australia. I mean. He's, and he's, he's turned them into a unit who play for each other and want to play for each other. They weren't doing that before he came there. He, the whole town is invested in, in Project La Rochelle. They all celebrated last week in the town square, like in, in a city of 75,000 people. There was nearly 74,989 people at the reception. He's, he's created a huge thing there, and I, I take my hat off to him. I, I have great admiration for him because, like, great players more often than not, don't make great coaches. He's he's an exception to that rule. He was a great player, 
a wonderful servant to Irish rugby. He's now become a wonderful coach. And he could name his price for any coaching job in the world now. And they'd take him. He, he's he's a great bit of stuff and I have great ad, admiration for him. And there were some very interesting programmes on the radio and all that this week. Um, um, talked to Joe had a man with those fellas ringing in from Dublin 4 saying, why was it the whole of Ireland shouting for O'Gara? And they said, well, it wasn't the whole of Ireland, it was just Munster and Cork. But uh, there, there, was, there was some very interesting chats in it. Like, But I know that there was a load of people, rugby friends of mine, were roaring for La Rochelle because yeah. of O'Gara. Exactly. Yeah. Because that, that's, how, that's how well he's respected. Yeah, I was trying to explain to people about that during the week, Moss, and that it wasn't an anti-Leinster thing, it was a pro-Cork thing, and that Ronan O'Gara is one of our own, so we were shouting for O'Gara, and just by extension, La Rochelle. It wasn't necessarily an anti-Leinster thing. You've expressed it exactly. By extension, it was not an, 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 an anti-Leinster thing, even though D4 found it like that. I know certain <laughs> people do shout against Leinster, I respect that, but most decent rugby people would shout for an Irish team first all the time. But Cork is a bit different, Munster is a bit different, O'Gar is a little bit different, and yes, we do support our own. We certainly do, and that's a great way to end it. Moss, as always, a pleasure, sir. Thank you for talking to us on the Big Red Bench. Very good, Ron. One of my all-time favourite Big Red Bench guests, Mr Moss Finn, the monster legend and always good value talking rugby with us on the show. Really enjoyed having Moss on the programme. Uh, as always, um, right, uh, we are going to uh, talk to uh, Blackrock Clubman now, Mick O'Leary. He's undertaking uh, what will be an epic charity cycle to raise funds to the club's underage section. The Watergrass Hill native will cycle from Church Road to the Meyer Club in Derry in less than 24 hours over the June Bank holiday weekends and next weekend to help raise funds to bring the our underage team to play in the Maya. You can sponsor Mick on collectionpot.com forward slash pot forward slash Dairy Quest 2023. They're looking to raise four and a half thousand euro or ten euro per kilometre. What an epic cycle this will be. And I was delighted that Mick called into me in studio to discuss it. Delighted to be joined in studio now by Black Rocks Mick O'Leary ahead of a mammoth, mammoth charity undertaking that'll be taking place over the June weekend Mick first of all very welcome to uh, Cork to FM and thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench yeah, thanks Rory thanks Rory come here um, I'm on Google Maps here and Cork to Derry is 450 kilometres and you're going to do that in a day on a bike well uh, yeah I'll do it I think I'll do it if I I'd need um, probably favourable conditions hopefully we'll pray for a south wind that we'll be there's another guy doing it with me Nigel Call, a good friend of mine mm. And he's not he's not in the club. He just wants to do it. He's I'm mad, but I think he's worse. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me back. How did this idea come to pass? This well, I suppose Blackrock. I'm, I'm involved with um, with the underage in Blackrock, and um, they've been I suppose they've been up and down to Namoya, the club in Derry. Mm. For it's the only actually only holding club in Derry, mm. in the city. They've been up there with years. So. Um, the, the founder of the club I think is Sean Mellon he died in 2021 so they run a tournament and we've been asked to that in the last couple of years so I'd done it last year as well but I'd done it in two days so they asked me again I was asked again so I said I suppose I had it done in the two days so mm. I said see how we get on in the one day that's a fantastic so, link between the two clubs yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant and um, like even then I know the Bears beat them in the county final, but they, some of them lads came down to the county finals, which was great. Out of them, like they're in their fantastic club up there, like against them. I suppose if you go back through the years, there was a lot of stuff, as we know, went on up there. So, and they carried on through thick and thin. brilliant club, brilliant. Um, obviously, you're a keen cyclist, otherwise you wouldn't be undertaking this. How long have you been cycling for, and how, why did you take it up? 
Well, I suppose I'm not um, cycling that long. I suppose I'm cycling with maybe... I suppose these kind of things, endurance cycling, I'm doing it with maybe eight or ten years. Mm-hmm. So um, I suppose the old knees are banjacked, so I couldn't do any running, so I had to go back onto the bike. So um, that's really, I suppose, as you know yourself, Rory, I suppose you do one thing, you want to do the next thing and the next thing, and this is definitely my last long one anyway. <laughs> Until the next long yeah. one, is it? <laughs> no, this is it, no way. What's the yeah. training week like, so, if, when you get ready for this? Well... <clears throat> I'm involved as well with the with the adults club in Blackrock. So I suppose my week, it start. I start at half five in the morning. I train three days during the week. I go to the gym a couple of days and I do I do a stationary bike. It's Zwift mm-hmm. trainer uh, on a Wednesday morning. I do the gym Tuesday, Thursday. I do a long cycle then on s- Saturday and Sunday, mm-hmm. and I that's f- pretty much five days a week. Some evenings I might do an hour here and there mm-hmm. in the evening when I get a chance, so that'll be kind of it, you know. What's a long cycle then, 100k plus? Maybe 200. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, we said this weekend, no, I done a 200, I done a 200 a night on Saturday and I done 80 on Sunday. Yeah. So I was in the gym. This morning I done just on a stationary bike and I done, I'll be there Thursday, I'll probably do the stationary bike again on tomorrow evening, you know. Mm. When you're talking about a 450k cycle though, I imagine... You leave the physical side out of it. It's the mental battle that you'll be undergoing, I suppose, will be another part of it. Well, that's it. And I suppose the one thing that this couldn't be achieved with my partner, my cousin and uh, and their friend, another girl, without them, there's no way we'd do it. Mm. I mean, they're used to these things. I mean, at the end of the day, I know people say, but all we have to do is cycle. Mm. They have everything else is there for us. Our food, they have the van with us, everything, everything. So we have to do just pedal the bike, that's it. Like, mm. no way could we do it without them, you know? Yeah, and I can't speak highly enough of them because people find it hard. They be all saying, "Oh, the lads are sick." Like without them, we couldn't do it. Yeah, do you know what you I mean. Need the support team. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I couldn't speak highly enough of them because, again, as I said, everything is there for yeah. us. We we'll just get off. There's your food there, and you're away again. Even out the window, they, pay, you know, everything is there for you. Everything yeah, exactly, done for us. Yeah. Um, so. I suppose then, like, is there any like? window to sleep on this or is it just going to be 24 hours straight through oh no 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 sleeping <laughs> well well we hope anyway to do it in 20 hours or less mm-hmm. but that'll be the conditions will dictate that i mean is if we get a, a wind against us it's going to yeah. affect it like i mean but so we have a 50 50 chance like <laughs> we, if we get the tailwind happy days yeah. you know what i mean so that's roughly about 20k an hour so like average if you if you want to well about that. 25 because we'll yeah. have to we'll do with 10 minute stops here and there up along to have our food and stuff we'll be we'll be at probably be looking at 25 which mm. is very achievable for us if we get the conditions yeah. you, know? you obviously have the route mapped out oh, yeah. I suppose yeah and, and you've done it before you were saying as well yeah I've done the Mizzen I've done the Mizzen to Mellon I've done I'd, it's the same route it's the shortest route and I've done it last year on two days so it's the same route we're taking you know? mm-hmm. and I suppose yeah with the route is on our Garmin and there's no problem there. and girls in case you, obviously if you run out a signal or something they have pace notes that we have done so yeah, we so can't go wrong everything, is, everything yeah. is accounted for yeah everything um, yeah exactly yeah. so I mean like we're about what a couple of weeks out from now at this point two and a half weeks out so I mean like have you all the training done now or is there still one long cycle this weekend or how does it work well it depends on what you'd call a long cycle I've um, I suppose for us it's not it's we've, we're doing a, I think I think it's a 100k and maybe Saturday and maybe an 80k on Sunday and then that's it yeah you know, this is all short stuff then. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much all done. Pretty yeah. much all done. And are you doing it over the bank holiday weekend? What day are you doing it on or does that depend on the weather? Or how no, no. Work? I'll tell you what we're doing now. We're going to start 
Um, we'll, we'll have, obviously we're going to look at the, the weather conditions we're going to start and because the, the young lads the 30 odd young lads are arriving there at about between 6 and 7 o'clock on Friday mm. so we have to try and get there for around that time that we can meet them and stuff yeah. you know? so that will mean that we'll have to leave at 12 o'clock and cycle through the night 12 o'clock on Thursday night yeah. Friday morning cycle through the night and hopefully to get there the same much you can't organise that but mm. roughly around the same time as they get there yeah. I've been looking at the long range uh, weather forecast because I'm doing the, the Cork Marathon that weekend and just hoping that's going to be good conditions but it looks like it might be okay yeah well all I want is a south wind that's all I don't <laughs> care nothing I don't care no, rains or whatever it's a south yeah. wind do me um, yeah so you're going to be leaving from the club uh, as you say it's going to be late at night though but I still imagine there's going to be people out there to, to see you oh they will yeah and I mean, I mean or they will 100% like they always do and if if obviously if we if we look at the conditions we're going to we think we're going to get an Northman we'll probably leave at eleven o'clock mm-hmm. but we'll preferably twelve o'clock that's all done on the one day yeah, exactly yeah <laughs> and she gets bright at five in the morning and so we've only five hours of darkness we yeah, cycle and, through yeah yeah and we've very good lights the lights are the same in the car and the bike and we've a radar on the back which tells you if there's cars back behind you it's brilliant and we'll have the van where it gets bright yeah you know so will be no problem there do you know what I mean exactly. we'll be used to cycling by night anyway like, you know? <laughs> yeah so. exactly yeah. so t- tell me about the route I suppose you're leaving from Church Road up to uh, Trutown up yeah well what we do is we go up the old Mallow Road and we'll head for Mallow on the back road because that is a dangerous road um, the most actually the most dangerous part of the road that we'll have to cycle on is between kind of um, out coming to Buttevant and just the other side of Buttevant mm-hmm. after that we've had shoulder we go towards Limerick then but we turn off in Charlotte we'll go to Kilmallock that way on through Limerick out, so we'll skirt around the outskirts of Limerick um, we go up then to Nina and up the Midlands then we go through Wetlone and Longford and um, it's it's flat enough for the most part we do have one mountain pass I think there's outside in the Skillin but that's right. kind of it otherwise you have to go around the mountain so we decide we go over to Shorter and <laughs> it's not so much of a muchness so um, and then that's it uh, we come on then to kind of the main Dublin to Derry Road mm. about 30k out from Derry so yeah, that's pretty much. You'll it. be a relieved man. When you so say it fast, it's okay, like you'll be, re- yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll be a relieved man when you see the Foyle River coming into. Oh yeah, like, that's, you know it, I mean? that's it. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I'm from Derry myself, so I know how bad the journey is by car. So to do it by bike is just like I can't imagine what you're, you'll be facing. Yeah, I tweaked the uh, the Derry accent. Yeah, yeah you can tell it's very thick, all right? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose you know the road well, so you know the route. So you'd probably go by Dublin, but like up the Midlands is. Where we go to the sharpest route for us. <laughs> the right, yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're doing it to, to help fundraise to send the kids uh, to the, the competition. Yeah, event. and hopefully if we've anything left off, we're going to bring the other guys down next year. Do you know what I mean? Fantastic, so that's the, yeah. that's the plan anyway. That's all going to win. So the way we do it is it's 450k. We'd hope the people of the club would just sponsor us a 10 or a k. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's like, I mean, that's that's the four and a half grand that we need to take all the lads. Like, you know? yeah. So that, that does it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and how do people get in touch then if they want to, to help? Um, it's on the, the website as a and on the Blackrock Twitter or Facebook whatever and the link is on that so there's no problem it is hmm. uh, I don't know what I'm not sure what's the name of the but there's some fundraiser anyway that, yeah. that it's that you can pay into it yeah we get the details there anyway yeah. um, I know you're well used to, to long cycles but do you get nervous before like uh, an undertaking like this um, no not anymore because, like, I know I've trained for it, and I know it's the same day as I go to any day. It's just the only difference with me is that we have support, so mm-hmm. that makes it easier. You know? <laughs> like, Thanks. every other day when they're training, we support ourselves, you know. So, um, this makes it easier that they're there, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I can imagine the reception we get up there in Derry as well will be fantastic. Ah, from, fantastic. From the like, I mean, but the only thing about it in Derry is 
There's a massive hill coming up into that club and they, I, I hope they might mean it's down the bottom, but nah, that's, that'll <laughs> so be perfect. Push up to the top. Kill us all like, like that. Yeah. I mean? yeah, that's it. Uh, Mick, I have you just talked to me about BlackRock, I suppose, as a whole. I mean, like, just Rob Heffernan obviously has his kids down in BlackRock and he says that the club is thriving there at the moment with the underage section, so it's, it must be great to see all that. Oh, it is, yeah, and they've fantastic facilities there at the moment. Like there's, um, and we have a new back pitch, which is, which is um, all weather. It's a grass pitch, but it's all weather. They have the hurling wall, they have the Astro pitch and the main pitch. Also have a pitch down in Mahan, down near St. Michael's Football Club, yeah, which yeah. is sister club. Um, and yeah, it is thriving, definitely is thriving. Fierce work being put on in underage at the moment. Like I couldn't speak highly enough of coaches and the management of the underage. Outstanding work going on there altogether, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. And the facilities, again, I couldn't speak highly enough of them, like, there's massive facilities mm. there, you know? And the seniors doing all right in the Red of Him Hurling League as well? Play I did okay, yeah. 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 And um, I suppose a big thing for us is we're lucky at August, and that's, you know, at mm. the end of the day, we try to get a lot of injuries at the moment for whatever reason, but fellas are coming back slowly, so hopefully that... They'll be right for the league is staff. perfect for that as well. Getting fellas back into the squad and getting the young fellas involved as well. I That's the key to it. Getting you're getting young fellas game time. there. know we did game there last week. We got a few new young fellas onto it again. They can great experience for them. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Nick, um, I'm not going to wish you the best luck because you certainly don't need it. But I'm really looking forward to seeing how you get on and uh, enjoy the cycle. I'd say, Rory, you need a bit of luck, all right, in this one. Huh? So we'll stay in touch about it, all right? Yeah, really enjoyed talking to Mick O'Leary there of uh, Blackrock uh, Hurling Club, um, cycling from Church Road up to Derry. Uh, you can sponsor Mick, collectionpot.com forward slash pot, Derry Quest 2023, uh, Watergrass Hill native. Um, so delighted to have Mick on, and uh, as I said, he doesn't need any luck. Uh, that is it from us. We're back next weekend. I won't be here. I'm running the Cork Marathon on Sunday. I certainly need an awful lot of luck um, for the Cork Marathon next Sunday my first marathon uh, but um, for everyone else who's running it enjoy it it's going to be an absolutely fantastic day a fantastic experience hopefully the weather isn't going to be as hot as it's been the last couple of days next Sunday if it was like it was this morning it'd be ideal so fingers crossed for that but the very best luck to everyone from my own club Watergrass Hill AC and to all the runners uh, from across Cork and beyond who are running next week enjoy uh, the week folks uh, we'll speak to you next week Aidan's in the hot seat and uh, Mags is up next for Green on Red The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM